Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Security and Security, hosted by me, Johnny Seifert. This is the Celebrity Mental Health Podcast. And whether you're listening or watching, please click that subscribe button, leave a five-star rating and a review, and let's keep spreading the word, it's okay to not be okay. Now, let me tell you about my guest today. My guest today was a Jessica Powell. This year's 2023 Mad at First Sight UK experiment with a cheating scandal, two husbands, and a journey of self-love, where we saw a change from the overt outside confidence at the beginning of the experiment to, at the end at the reunion, a covert inner confidence being unleashed. She also made history as the first trans woman to appeal Mad at First Sight, and to tell her transition in her own words, I'm delighted to welcome two Skidinskis, cosmetic surgeon and now reality star, but not TikTok star, because she's not doing enough TikToks, Ella Morgan. Hello, Ella. Hi. <laughs> Are you going to do any TikToks anytime soon? I am, yeah. Why is everyone so offended that I don't do TikToks? Because it's 2023, and in the past two years, we've seen every single love on that I'm Mad at First Sight star come off the shows and just make TikToks. The only reason I don't really post that much on TikTok is because I actually don't know how to do it. Like, I know how to do Instagram. I've had Instagram for years. But I've always had TikToks so I can watch people's videos. I've just never really done videos myself. So, But I do get a lot of fans of the show being like, when's she going to post on TikTok? Can you get on TikTok? I am going to do it. I just need someone to show me how you do it. Because it's very complicated. For a first timer, it's very complicated. There's too many like buttons. When I go to like look into things and posting things and get ideas on TikTok... All I see in my head, if someone said to me, ride a plane or drive a plane, all I would see is all of the buttons in the cockpit or whatever it's called. And I would be like, uh, where the, how do I start? What do I press? What do I do? That is how I feel when I look at TikTok. Because all I see is these buttons and all these different things. And I'm just like, oh, it's complicated. And I don't know how you do it and how you edit a video and cut things. And I'm really not great at lip syncing. So there was one that I put up and I think it must have taken about 50 goes for me to lip sync and get my lips in the right place with the sound. So I just don't know if I'm cut out for TikTok, but I am going to try. And I don't really know what people want to see of me on TikTok because I feel like loads of people do get ready with me's and outfits and makeup and hair and stuff. 
But my secret is I don't really do my own hair and makeup. I have a team that do it for me for everything. So if people want to see that, I can happily get my makeup artist and hairstylist to film it. But it isn't really me that is, uh, is behind all of the looks. So I feel like I'm kind of cheating the fans of the show or the fans of of me by doing that, but I will admit it. Well, look, what I want to do with you today, Ella, on this episode is give you the chance to tell your story because you've not really had the chance to go back to the beginning of life pre-Ella. And we've obviously seen on Married at First Sight over the nine weeks, you're talking about being part of the trans community now and that sense of belonging. But I want to go back to the beginning and talk about your childhood and how you got to be that girl that we now know and love. So where did your journey actually begin? When was the first time that you started questioning your identities? Around about the age of six, I knew I was different. So I compared myself to my brother who was gay, but happily gay, openly gay. And I knew I wasn't like that. I knew that I was kind of interested in guys, but all my friends were girls and I feel like I wasn't camp. I was just very feminine. And I think that was the difference between me and my brother is that he was quite happy to wear that label of being gay and being proud. Whereas I thought, you know, mm, I don't feel like I am gay. I feel like I'm, I am interested in men, but I feel like I was questioning, but I should be a mum. I should be a wife. I should, you know, when we used to do school plays and things, I would naturally take like the, the woman's role. Or if I was with my, like my friends in school, I'd always want to be the mum or pushing the pram. And I just thought my brother was very comfortable being a boy and expressing himself by wearing the stuff he would wear. Whereas I felt a bit like, mm, well, I should be in dresses like all my friends and, you know, I want my nails done. And it was all kind of stereotypical things like that that made me realise that I wasn't like my brother. I wasn't comfortable being a boy. But the only thing I had in common with him at that time was that I also, I knew I was attracted to guys. And I think I was just very confused because I thought, well, where do I stand then? And I didn't know what transgender meant. We did sex education a few years later when I was, I'm, I don't know, it must have been about 11 or 12. It kind of like was a light bulb moment because they briefly mentioned it. They briefly talked about like the LGBT community. Uh, and I think someone on this video um, said, what transgender meant and it was literally like I remember how I was feeling at the time it was like a light bulb moment bam I was like that's me I am a girl born in the wrong body I was born in a boy's body but I do not identify as a boy and this has nothing to do with my sexual orientation and that's where I think I got really confused when I was younger with my brother because I would compare myself to him because he was just so flamboyant and I just used to think okay well he's gay so maybe I'm gay am I though I'm not sure and because I didn't know what trans was it literally was like wow that's me I'm transgender and that's why I could see the similarities that I used to think when I was younger with me and my brother but it was like okay sexual orientation is very different to your gender identity who you fancy or who you go to bed with is different to your gender identity which is who you wake up as so there's two different things. And I think that's why I was getting confused because the LGBT community, you know, LGB is lesbian, gay, bisexual. And then you've got the T on the end, which is transgender. And obviously to me, they're two different things. So your sexual orientation is very different, your gender identity. And it wasn't ever my sexual orientation that I confused or was, you know, not sure about. It was my gender identity. But obviously, I just had never met anyone trans. I'd never really met anyone gay before other than my brother when I was growing up. And I think just growing up in 
my family, it was like, well, I've got my brother on one hand, who's really comfortable as a gay guy. And then I've got most of my other family, which are, uh, you know, straight cisgender guys who are very comfortable, loved football, talk about girls and all of that stuff. And I was just kind of in the middle thinking, where do I stand? Where do I fit? I'm so confused. But then as soon as I knew what transgender was, it was like, okay, that's me. That totally makes sense now. I was born to be a girl, but I was just obviously born physically on the outside um in the wrong body um and it was the best moment of my life one of the best moments of my life because it I felt like that missing puzzle piece I'd found and I'd cemented and it was like that makes sense now I feel like maybe I fit in and I don't feel different and I don't feel weird and now know why I felt all those years that I just didn't fit in anywhere and I felt different so it was an amazing moment to have but then at the same time I was like okay how am I now gonna navigate my life as someone who's clearly transgender, but my family don't know, I need to tell my family. You know, I started Googling things and the more I looked into it, it was like, okay, most people, you know, can't find jobs, there's unemployment rates, there's a huge suicide rate. Most people's family don't accept them. So even though it was like this amazing moment of realizing, okay, I'm trans and this is where I fit in and I need to, you know, physically change the outside to match how I feel on the inside. I couldn't really be happy because it was like everything I was reading online at that time, bear in mind, this is like nearly 20 years ago. I couldn't enjoy that feeling because it was like everything I was reading was negative. All of the trans headlines were negative. All of the things associated with being trans were negative that I was reading and I was Googling. Um, and that was the only time I could look at it was in school. That was my only time to like Google things and look at things because I, I wouldn't have done it uh, at home or risk doing that at home. And then I was thinking, great, my family going to disown me you know I'm gonna not find work I'm gonna have to have all this surgery and yeah then put a dampener on things so I kind of just suppressed it for as long as I could um, and then I guess I finally came out properly to my family when I was about 16. So let's talk about those years between 12 and 16. I remember hearing an interview with Stephanie Hurst on Stephen Nolan show on Five Live many years ago and she was talking about that when before she transitioned, she would go out and wear women's clothes and heels, but at midnight when it's pitch black in the middle of the night and walk down the road in heels and in her dress because that was the true authentic her, but she didn't feel like she could do that in everyday life. So between the age of 12 and 16, before you'd come out effectively, how did you find that navigation of going, okay, this is me, now I need to try it all, but also I'm worried I'm going to get judged? Obviously having three brothers... I didn't, there were, I didn't have a sister. Um, so unless I went to my girlfriend's houses where there would be loads of girls' shoes and jewellery and things like that, there wasn't really a chance for me to experiment. And I already figured that I was born to be a girl without having to kind of trial it or to see what it was like. Um, I'd already kind of cemented that in my head that I was like, right, I am a woman, being trans makes sense, that's me, that's how I identify and I'm going to have to transition to be happy. But I do remember, I didn't obviously, because I was so young, I didn't go out at midnight, I didn't like go out and about as, I guess, Ella, but I did used to try on a lot of my mum's um, outfits and rings. I remember once I tried on a Tiffany & Co ring and I couldn't get it off and I was like oh my god oh my god what's she gonna do she's gonna go mental if she figures out I'm trying on her rings and I try on her heels and her dresses and stuff but obviously I would do it when there was no one in the house or when I knew that very few people were in the house and yeah it, it, it still cemented to me that I was obviously 
and born to be a girl. But I guess because I'd already realised from sex education, from learning what trans was, I'd already realised that was me, that I guess I didn't even need to try anything to 100% confirm that that was how I felt. I knew it anyway, Um, because I'd felt so different for so many years, it was more just like confirming what, what what those differences were and it all made sense. So yeah, I did experiment, I guess, to a certain degree with like my mum's stuff or going around my girlfriend's houses and, and trying stuff. But it would be more, I would cover that up more with like a joke, you know, I'd be like, oh, girls, let me dress up. This should be funny. Like you, I'd always try and make it more of a funny thing. You know, like um, I remember Hairspray came out when I was younger and obviously Tracy Turnblad's mum, it was played by John Travolta. And obviously I discovered what drag was and we didn't have RuPaul's Drag Race on at that time when I was younger. Um, and so I think I just used that a lot of the time as an excuse to be like, oh, dress me up, do my makeup, do my hair. And secretly deep down it would be like, oh, this is amazing, I love this. But I knew anyway, without having to even experiment with stuff. Um, but I did, yeah, I guess when I did try stuff on, I felt a bit like, oh, this is me. I feel more comfortable. But it wasn't so much about kind of what I would wear because I'd still wear a lot of things even, you know, when I was displaying Evan, I guess, or having to, to still be <clears throat> conform to being a boy. I would still wear things that were, you know, I'd wear oversized hoodies and I'd wear really tight skinny jeans and I'd still try and look as feminine as I could without making it too obvious and I'd still wear bits of makeup you know a bit of concealer um, and lip gloss and a bit of bronzer and stuff so I'd still go as far as I physically could or I guess I felt comfortable at that age without pushing it so much that people would realize and then start asking questions so I was quite clever with it. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So suppressing those emotions and being internally able to do all those things and put that almost barrier up that you're wearing the oversized hoodies, you know, externally, we had Nadia win Big Brother, uh, Big Brother 5. And apart from that, there was no other identity in the transgender community in the media. And so you had nothing to relate it to. And it's interesting you mentioned Drag Race, because I think Drag Race in the past five, six years has opened up a lot of conversations, but still the transgender representation on TV is so minimal. Um, we had one on these, we had someone on EastEnders about six years ago, I can think of. But apart from that, 
I can't think of many transgenders on TV that I've come across. And so how did you find that navigation mentally of going, I know who I am, I've accepted it, which is the hardest bit. However, I don't know what that response is going to be. And also I can't go and seek that guidance. So there actually was a show on. So one, I, I had a, a TV in my room. Um, bear in mind, my three brothers were all, we were all still living at home, obviously, with, with my mum and dad. But I remember I used to look at the TV Times. Um, I, I used to always used to have a fascination with the TV Times and I'd circle everything that I wanted to watch. And there were times where there were documentaries. Uh, one, I think it was tied to something like Lady Boys and Me or something like this. It was about obviously um, Thai women who had transitioned or, or partly transitioned. I don't remember it now very much, but I just remember I was fascinated and it was the first time I'd ever heard the word sex change, which now makes my skin crawl. I hate that word. I personally, and I can only talk on behalf of myself, I get quite offended when um, people come up to me and they say, oh, you know, you're the first transgender person I've ever seen or ever met. Um, I've got loads of gay friends. They'll follow it up with something about, you know, their gay friends. And I'm like, okay, that has nothing to do with being trans. And I think there's this idea that people kind of see us as gay men or gay men that have now transitioned because of the link to the LGB in the LGBT. And for many years, I struggled to understand why the T was ever in the the LGBT title yeah. because I was like mm, your, your gender is something completely different to your sexuality I always knew I was a straight woman attracted to men simple but I think people get very confused because we are obviously in a big community under the umbrella of you know the queer community people get very confused and I think they think they're complimenting me by going oh you know I've never seen a transgender person but I've got loads of gay friends I'm a bit like to me it seems a bit like an insult like you're saying that I'm gay or comparing me to someone who's gay and I'm like I'm not I'm just a, a, a woman and so by having people like me on maths and Hallie on Big Brother it means that these conversations start and it means people that wouldn't necessarily have learned or known about anyone trans prior to us are now learning and, and asking questions and getting to know what trans means and obviously I'm not the definition of transgender I am one trans person out of millions of people on the planet so I can only talk from my experience and I hope I do a positive job of that um but I just think I'm still learning very much about trans people and different words and terminologies and things like that and I think people assume I'm like the bible of of knowing the right words and what to say and I know everything about transitioning and I don't and I don't claim to and that's why I always say this is my experience. This is what I've gone through because every transition is different. But to me, transsexual, I believe, is someone who has transitioned completely and had every bit of surgery. Whereas transgender, if I'm right, and I'm just going by what I've researched, transgender is you could be anywhere in your transition if you'd identify as transgender so I just personally say I'm transgender and I'm very open about the fact that I've had a vagina I've got a vagina and I've had my gender reassignment surgery and I just don't the only reason I don't like the the, the words sex change is because it just sounds like you've literally woken up and decided to be a man and decided to change your sex and it's not as easy as that but I don't like it I just it just to me I just don't like the word sex change but when I was younger those were the type of 
words that were used in these documentaries. Like if I'd watched something about ladyboys, that was, you know, I was fascinated by it when I was younger because I was like, oh my God, you can have surgery. I learned that you can um, go from having, you know, general, male genitalia and then your anatomy can change. It was interesting for me, but I do remember, even though there was, you are right, uh, there's minimal representation even now. There was far less representation back when I was younger. The way that I feel like sometimes we're portrayed is that all we do is sit and talk about being trans and we have to debate it. And I always feel like the people that are on these debates, usually the trans person is always made to look aggressive or angry and we have to fight for our case and get people to understand. And it's like we always lose because we are such a small minority that people don't give us a chance. And then we get so defensive that I guess, you know, voices are raised or things, subjects are brought up that people wouldn't necessarily understand. So if a trans person is in a debate with a heterosexual cisgendered person, they're going to win because, you know, there are far more cisgender and heterosexual people on TV or, you know, in, in the population uh, then there are trans people. And so we're still seen as this like minority that doesn't have representation and people just don't want to hear us, hear our stories, listen to us. So unless we're forced to put it on their screens, like having me on maths or Hallie on Big Brother, I guess people are still very much closed off and don't want to learn about it and don't want to be educated. But I think we just need more representation like, not like me, well, yeah, like me, I'm not I'm not saying I'm perfect and I'm not the best representation, but we just need more trans people out there. Because like you said, the fact Nadia was the only person really on a TV show, which I remember, and I think she's incredible. There isn't really any anyone else. And I think a lot of the headlines when she won were like sex change, sex change. And I just think it's a really rude word to use because people don't understand what it's like to transition. I got so much back clash for cheating um on a husband that I didn't even pick and I wasn't legally married to um, yeah but that's the drama like side me. it's the same as what we've had in Australia every yeah. single series that always but, I mean, happens but there's a difference because it became about you personally not the storyline it wasn't even a storyline I generally for the first time in my life went with my heart and I think I was shocked that I got that much backlash because the way I saw it when we were um doing the actual experiment and filming it was I am a woman Take the trans thing away from it. Yes, I'm a transgender woman, but I am a woman and obviously identify as a straight woman, okay? Regardless of what's in between my legs, I've been very open about the fact that I've got a vagina and I've had that done, but it shouldn't be about what's between my legs. So the fact is I'm a straight woman. JJ is a straight cisgendered guy, okay? So he's a man, he was born a man, he identifies a man and he's happy with that. So when you put it together, it's not that shocking. I'm a girl, he's a boy, we both like each other, we fancy each other. The reason I think that I was shocked at the backlash, because that's, I obviously thought people would be like, oh my God, we've seen Nadia on Big Brother, we've seen Hallie on Big Brother, we've seen trans people on debates or on TV shows as a personality. We have never seen trans love. We've never seen trans relationships. And the fact that like, I feel like I have only ever dated straight guys Obviously on TV, a lot of straight guys or the guys that I would date would never date me in front of cameras or millions of viewers because when you're with someone trans, I feel like the types of guys I go for especially are embarrassed. They're embarrassed what people think because of the stigma and it's still quite taboo. It's like, oh, so if I'm, uh, you know, seen with a trans woman, people are going to say I'm gay. 
And it's like, first of all, that's insulting to me because that's essentially calling me a man and saying that whoever gets with me is gay because I'm a man. And it's like, but I'm not, I'm a woman. I'm so happy that I got with JJ. It was the first time in my life that someone had uh, accepted me for me and I also fancied them. And he was like, good looking, he was caring, he was funny, he was everything I've ever wanted. And he was a straight guy, okay? That had never met someone trans, never been with someone trans. And he just saw me as the girl that I am. And that's all there is to it. And I was so happy that people got to watch that whilst I also lived it. And it was a first for me. And obviously it's a first for a lot of people watching that because you don't see trans relationships on TV. And I think it's now started to get people questioning, you know, is JJ gay for like an Ella? And that, I'm glad that that debate is now happening because it's like, no, he's not gay. JJ is a straight guy. And I just hate the fact that people are giving him abuse and giving him shit for being with me because it's an insult to, to me because it's like, but you're calling me a man if you're calling JJ gay. So um, I knew we'd get backlash for the whole cheating scandal, but I thought a lot more people would actually see it as this cute love story between a trans woman and a straight guy on TV who's not ashamed of me and proud to be with me and doesn't care about the label. I thought people would like that. But I think I got a lot more hate than I than I realised because, you know, maybe I'm naive. Maybe I thought the public would be more on board with us and understand why being with JJ meant so much to me. And I think after the vows and at the reunion, people could see that. And we did talk about, uh, you know, my transition a lot on the show with me and JJ, but it just wasn't aired. So I think people were just very invested in you know all the couples but obviously when someone cheats they usually do get a lot of hate but I don't regret a thing I absolutely love that boy to death we're still best friends he's changed my life for the better because he's made me realize that I can date the guys that I used to date and not all of them will just want to keep it a dirty secret because the people I used to date were like JJ but they didn't want a relationship with me they didn't want to be seen with me they weren't proud I was more of a fetish they just wanted to see what it was like to be with a trans person but to have an actual relationship on TV and have someone be proud to be with me, I just think it's incredible. And that's why in my vows, I said, you inspire, you're going to inspire so many little boys and girls like I once was, because now people are going to grow up watching a love story between two people. And it's going to give them hope that actually not every person is going to see you as this fetish or this dirty secret and that you can fall in love with the people that you want to fall in love with and they're going to love you back. And yes, okay, it didn't work with me and JJ. And yes, I mean, was all the shit and all the backlash worth it? Yeah, because of what it's done for me and my confidence and what it's hopefully done for trans people growing up, knowing that you can. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eye brow and eyelid drooping and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or 
or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Fall in love and be accepted. It didn't work. Nothing to do with my transition. That's not why me and Joe dance together now. It was other things. But I think my confidence played a massive part uh, in it. And so I just think, yes, it's great having people on, trans people on TV shows. But we also need to show what it's like living as a trans person, dating as a trans person, working as a trans person. There's so many elements of life as a trans person that you just don't see on TV. It's just more about who we are and what we represent. My thanks to Ellen Morgan there and thanks for the education because it's the first time hopefully that you'd have been educated and actually been told someone's own journey rather than just watching clickbait debates on the news and not really understand it. So I really hope you got something out of that episode and all, all the Mad at First Sight castmates who have been on Skin Insecure over this series and previous series as well have all told their own journeys and it's really important we keep spreading the word it's okay to not be okay. So Erica and Roz and Bianca have done their episodes already. They're already in the Skin Insecure library. Laura's going to be on it next week so you can go and hear her journey afterwards about her grief journey she went through when her uh, father passed away and there's episodes in the library with people like Sophie and PJ and Gemma from last year, Amy Christmas on the year before, and as well as Charlie Douglas and Paul C. Bunsen, the God, telling their stories about their love journeys as well. All there in the Security Insecure Library. You've been watching or listening to Security Insecure with me, Johnny. So if you like what you heard, please click that subscribe button, click the five-star rating, leave a review, and let's keep spreading the word. It's okay to be okay. On TikTok at Johnny Seafoot92. Ellis going to be on TikTok one day. Instagram at Johnny Seafoot at Security Insecure Podcast. And on Twitter at Johnny Seafoot. So until next time, I'm Johnny Seafoot. Thanks so much for listening or watching. Watching. Thank you and goodbye.